0: Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. We began the year with the letters, are you in or out of the Halibut? Then the appeals went in and we close the year with the results of those appeals being released. It seems that most of the appeal letters will only confirm the rejections. It's not only the number of the rejections that hurts, but the apparent unfairness of those who got in and those who did not. People who only lately were aware of Aboriginal heritage in, while members of well-known Aboriginal families are out. That was a point that Elder Calvin White made to me. Elder White is a pioneer of the aboriginal movement in Newfoundland. He helped form the Native Association of Newfoundland and Labrador, which became the Federation of Newfoundland Indians. Now he is considering a political return with a run for Halibut Council, which he harshly criticizes for what he says is their failure to fight the feds on enrollment. Here's my conversation with Elder White, beginning with rumors of a run for Halibut Council. One never says no, mm-hmm.
1: never says never. You don't know what's, uh, that's a long ways away. It's a, year, uh, it's a year away yet before the elections. And uh, to be quite honest with you, there's been uh, quite a few people who's been trying to persuade me to move that way. And uh, uh, I am given
0: some thought. And uh, are you thinking about running for the uh, the Flat Bay uh ward spot or for chief
1: well that that's, that's something that would have to be determined we'd have to look at the landscape between now and next year and, and see what's happening and uh and make a decision based on uh yeah based on, on on where we are and what's happening there's there's lots of time to uh cross that bridge yet
0: what uh what's your sense of where we are now we started uh 2017 with the um with the letters coming out and then people rush to get in their appeals and we finished the year with the appeals, uh, coming back most negative. Um, so where do you, where do you think we are right now?
1: We're in, uh, we're in the biggest mess that we ever could be in. That's
0: where we are right
1: now. For the next little while, I, I uh, based on, based on what I see by not a lot of people, but too many people, um, uh, of how we've, uh, you know how people have turned on each other, and 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 we've you know we've lost respect not only for each other, but we've lost respect for not all of us, but some people have lost respect for herself by the way they're going on Facebook and attacking each other and these kind of stuff, and that's sad. That's that it makes it makes me really sad because that was never the intent. Uh, of what would happen, this organization. This organization started in the early 70s, with with the intentions of prom- promoting unity and 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 uh, tolerance for each other, and acceptance, and and unity, and all of these wonderful things. That I could go on and on and on. And uh, and where we're to now, we're 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 in a chaos. Uh, people are hurting. People are uh, you know people are are disappointed. And uh, and what they've done is they've uh, you know they've started to turn on each other. So uh, like uh, for the next little while, it's not going to get any better because there's still a lot more letters to come out. And uh, you know it's it's uh, it's a shame that we had to come to this, but because this was never the intent.
0: Are you surprised that? Uh there haven't been more uh protests obviously uh, as you say there are a lot of people on facebook saying things but aside from a couple of uh protests in cornerbrook about a year ago there's been there's been nothing since no protest at the mp's office no protest in ottawa um what do you make of that are you, are you surprised
1: no i am I'm, I'm not surprised at all uh, you know the, the 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 thing about it is that uh what I've uh, there's two ways of looking at this. There's a there's a uh, there's a group of very legitimate people out there who uh, who are people that uh, uh, they they rely on they rely on the on the uh, on the leadership. They rely on people that they've elected to uh, to uh, to uh, to, uh, to stand up for them and to uh, and to and to support them in in, in the dilemmas that they're facing and uh and then there's a group of people out there uh, and you know let's not let's not kid ourselves there's a group of uh, people out there who who couldn't care less if they get something out of it it's fine if they don't well they're not going to be hurting they you know they're, they'll they'll be quite satisfied to move on and those people are not going to put themselves on the uh out on any uh demonstrations or any lines they're not going to rock the boat because they're quite comfortable of where they are and uh and and you know and, and having a few people uh Go out and 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 demonstrate it. That was tried. You saw how many people showed up in Cornwall when they had their demonstration. Mm-hmm. You know, so these these things, uh, these things sometimes can hurt the individuals who take that stand more than do them any good. And and uh, you know, it's not. Uh, I don't think we need demonstrations and protests at this particular point in time. I think what we need is we need uh, we need tolerance and we need uh, we need to address the facts of what has taken place.
0: Mm obviously uh it's a difficult situation because the um the federal government holds the uh the cards at this point and um you you were part of the some of the meetings that took place over the past year. do you think that everything that could have been done on our side was done um or could the thing have been handled better
1: no i i um uh, uh, one correction i i attended one meeting mm. in the last um, year and a half not a lot of meetings just one meeting with uh with government and uh, a very strong uh case had been presented with regard to some of the uh the the um, foolish decisions that had been made by whoever was responsible for making them like having one twin accepted and one twin out and these kind of things these aren't these are the things that were brought to the attention of the people at the meeting that i was in and everybody at that meeting uh you know gave good representation but uh that was uh, that was a long time after the fact. You know, I, I, this this battle started uh, started in 2010, 2011, uh, and that's that's when the battle should have been taken uh, to the forefront. Uh, we're, we're we're a little bit behind now, but uh, uh, that doesn't mean that we need to give up. You know, we need we need to uh, we need to be strong. We need to to be united. We need to work together, and, and we need to. Uh, and we need to address the facts. Uh, nobody's been addressing the facts. As you know, innuendos is all we're hearing and we're seeing. And, and uh, of course, government got the upper end; they don't have to deal with that kind of stuff because uh, because the facts are not uh, are not what are being laid out.
0: Yes. And what what facts do you think should be laid on the table? Well, I,
1: first of all, I think right at this point in time now, what we need is we need to look for uh, we need to look for an inquiry of how this whole process was handled. Because uh because there are people that are very very legitimate people, uh people that have been Indian not since we started the organization in nineteen seventy two, but there were Indians when I was a teenager hanging around Cornerbrook. And and they were teenagers when those same when they were Indians when those same people left Cornerbrook and come and spend their summers in Flat Bay with the rest of us who are all most of us are all related to because the majority of the Aboriginal people, believe it or not, comes from a half a dozen families and, and they're basically all related. And those people people uh you know, those people are, are 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 very very legitimate people and people that should have been dealt with. And I'm not suggesting that other people, latecomers, shouldn't have been dealt with also, uh, but there could have been a process for that. You know, the the I'm talking about the Whibs and the Kings and the Martins and the Gabriels and the Baldwins and, and uh and I could go on and on, you know, the the uh, the brakes and the Sams and those those people should have been grandfathered into this uh, organization when the registration process took place, and then we should have been making provisions for the descendants of those people, uh, and and of course other people who had legitimate documentation, and all of that stuff was never ever looked out looked at. It was it was things that was uh, from what I can see it was stuff that was uh, that was ignored. You know you can't. Uh, um, the identity of a person can't be judged on how many times they bought an airplane ticket to Deer Lake or how many times they crossed on the ferry or, or, or how many powwows they attended in the run of a year. That's not how you define a, a nation. That's not how you define an identity. An identity is based on on historical documentation and genealogy that ties that person and those families to uh, to who they are. And it doesn't matter if they're living in Ontario or if they're living in Cornerbrook or if they're living in Flatback. You know, for four, I've been involved in this organization from, from the very, very early beginning. And one of the things that we always preach, and I did it here with my own family and my own community and everywhere else that I traveled, and the leaders, the earlier leaders, were the same thing, Wilson Sams and, and Tony John and Marilyn John and John Oliver. We We told our young people, get educated. You need to get an education. Those are the tools that you need in society and be able to help. Well, we, we promoted that and we encouraged that. And what happened? We got our young people educated and they couldn't find jobs here in Newfoundland and they went away to do better for themselves. And now they're penalized, they're kicked out, they're no longer Indian people just because they tried to uh, to better themselves. Somebody lost sight of the old intent of this organisation, and 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 whoever is responsible, those people need to be taken—not necessarily taken to task, because there's nothing we can do about that now. But we need we need strength. We need we need uh, we need a very strong argument, and we need unity to be able to stand up for those people. Like you know, it it it, uh, it tears my heart apart yes. to realise that that people like uh, the Pauls in Badger would be refused, regardless where they live. Yeah. Or, or or the Baldwins in Cornerbrook, you know, or the Gavrils. People that were Indians, you know, I'm seventy five years of age. Those people were Indians when I was a teen, when I was a kid, not only a teenager. Those people were you know, if 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 anybody from Flat Bay left to go to Cornerbrook, those are the people we stayed with. Those are the people we associated with, because yeah. they were our people yeah. and we were their people. And now those are the people that are being left out, and you have other people who 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 turn around and say, "Well, I only found out two years ago that I had a great 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 grandfather who was married to an Indian person over on the Port of Port Peninsula, and those people are walking around now with cards in their part in their pocket and I'm not saying that they shouldn't be part of it, but I'm saying that those legitimate people who had been Indian and who had been targeted as Indian since the day that they were old enough to walk in society should be looked out to. Mm somebody lost sight of what this old organization was about. And there would have been lots of room and lots of time to bring those other people into the fold as they became knowledgeable and became educated about their culture, about their history. But what has happened now is that too many people are satisfied with what they have, and they're not going to stand up for those people that
0: have been left out. How would you see an inquiry uh happening? Well Is somebody that- somebody needs to
1: somebody needs to look at the whole process. Like how 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 could you how how could you not deal with 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 genealogy of people, you know? Historical ge- historical uh, facts have been collected over the years, and genealogy has been done on families. And how could you ig- ignore that? How could you sit down and look at, a, at an application that says that somebody is a descendant of an Aboriginal person who either identified themselves in 1921 census or the 1945 census? How could you turn around and look at that application and say, well, no, that person doesn't qualify? And then you turn around, and you take another application from uh, from from somebody else who who, who uh, for whatever reasons, uh, suggest that, okay, I've got three or four affidavits here that says that I was picking berries in Flat Bay one time, and another time I went fishing on the Humber, and as long as I got four or five affidavits to substantiate, that that makes me eligible. Now, maybe you do make them eligible. I don't know, but how could you reject the genealogy of a person? How how could you not look at the history of that family and look at who they are? and, And is that not the people that you should be dealing with? So, so somewhere along the line, somebody needs to do an assessment of how and what criteria, and and what knowledge those people had who were dealing with those applications.
0: Does it all come down to the to the court cases at this point? We have the uh, the Dave Wells uh, lawsuit, and they have we have the the class action. So, is that the only the leverage we have now? Does it all rest on those court cases? Because. Uh... If those court cases are not successful, uh, is that going to be the end of the road?
1: Maybe not. But the thing that I'm afraid of, uh, Glenn, is that those court cases are going to be very lengthy. That's the problem that I have. You know, I've 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 been involved in 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 the, in the Aboriginal movement for years and years and years. And one of my great friends that had to take the federal government to court over a Métis case, the late Harry Daniels. You know, he was he was dead and gone. It took 25 years to resolve that case. They won the case; there was no question about it. But he was dead and gone. We don't have 25 years. We, we, we you know, we, we, a lot of, a lot of our people don't have 25 years, and the fight will be gone out of us in 25 years. Um, so, uh, you know. Uh, I I applaud those people who have the courage to take on the responsibility of those court cases. The other thing is what they're going to find themselves dealing with, and they know that from the the get-go, is that they're going to find themselves with with court bills that is going to be numerous amounts of money that they're going to have to come up with. I mean, I took I took a court case against, and everybody knows this, I took a court case, to, a, an injunction against the Federation of Newfoundland Indians and, and INAC to stop the process until all of the applications that had been submitted prior to 2009 had been dealt with. That ruined me. It cost me $38,000, you know, and, and, and when... When I was uh, contemplating going ahead with the case and, and fighting on behalf of the people who was out there, my phone was rung off the hook. Everybody was, oh, don't worry about it. We're you know, we're behind you. We're going to support you. Well, let me tell you how much support was behind me. I collected a measly $8,000 on a $38,000 bill. Mm. So, you know, people are behind you when they want something. But believe me, when they get what they want, they're not behind you anymore. And those people are going to learn that too. They're going to learn that, you know, that uh, that... They're going to have a hard time to find the kind of money that is going to need it to fight this case. Mm. This case is not going to be a you know a, a two three thousand dollar case. They're looking at in excess of a quarter of a million dollars to bring this too because the government they have the money they have the legal people and and they can drag this on. They can bankrupt people who take them to court.
0: So then it comes back to uh, the council then if uh, the court cases are are going to take a long time. The federal government is not on our side clearly. So then it all comes back to Halibut Council, which um at the present moment is trying to manage the process as best they can so um does does everything rest there then on on the council itself
1: of course, no doubt about it there's no there's no question about it when you elect people, you elect people to represent you. And, and those are those are the council and, and the chief and council are the people that are there to represent the people, uh, and 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 there's no argument about that. I mean that that's, that's uh, you know that's, that's plain as the nose on my face. Is that uh, those are the people that are there to represent the issues of the people. In the beginning, this is how this was supposed to be structured anyway. You know, it was supposed to be structured that the the the, the, uh, the provincial body. Would be the parent body of the nine bands, and would be the, would be the, uh, the the negotiators, the advocates for for those bands. You know, look at the uh, go online. I'm sure somebody got it posted. Look at the 2002 regime, which was supposed to be the process that would have been negotiated and put in place for this uh, for this organization. And instead of that, what we have we have we have a corporate structure now. We've we've got a the whole reason for setting up Aboriginal organizations was to be able to to get from under the umbrella. Under- of uh, colonial structures, which was the federal government, the provincial government. And what we've done now is we've put another layer um, in our own organization. That's exactly what we have now. We have another layer of government. It's it's not an advocate for Aboriginal people. It's a corporation. And uh, and that's a problem. And, And changes need to take place.
0: So you're... You're, are you saying then that the the Halibut Council has to take a different approach uh, on the enrollment issue? They they have um, they have been part of the enrollment process with the federal government, but are you saying that they now have to take a more aggressive stand with the federal government because of the situation in which we find ourselves?
1: Is isn't that what everybody should be saying? Those are the people that are that are elected to represent us. And when you have you know when you have people like like, and I'll repeat again, when you have people like the Baldwins and the brakes and and uh, and and you have the and, and the Pauls and and you when you have those people being denied what they're what they're legally or should be legally entitled to, and what this whole organization was set up to represent, and the Olivers again, when you have those people being dropped. And, and you have the, the the political organization, which is exactly what Hollywood should be. It should be the political organization of the people. When you have those people quiet and not challenging the decisions of the government, and those people are being left out, there's something wrong with that picture. Mm-hmm.
0: So what's what's your what's your own decision making uh, process uh, regarding uh, running? You say you have some time. It's uh, I guess about ten months before the. The next election. Um, if you if you don't run, uh, are you thinking that other people will run or will a lot of the council uh, be, uh, be acclaimed? Because I, I get the sense that there's some reluctance on people to get involved because of the uh, the state of affairs we're in. And,
1: and I can say that. But, um, you know, I'm viewing it from this perspective. Let me put it clear to you. There's lots of time for change. There's lots of time for the people that are there to stand up now and do due diligence to this mess that we're in. It's it's, it's never too late, and the time has come for something to happen, and it can be done now. If that doesn't happen, then I'm sure that there are people there that that will uh, continue and will want to stand up, and whoever they should be, and, and we can look at supporting those people. If there are people there that don't want to stand up because for whatever reasons they're, they're, they're either afraid of the consequences or, they're not feel that they, or they don't feel that they're equipped to be able to take on that challenge or whatever the cases may be, well, the best thing that they could possibly do is to say goodbye and move on yeah. because we need strength. We need people who are not afraid of the consequences we need. And I'm not talking about people going out and demonstration and causing riots rights and that kind of things. That's, that's never on my agenda. I don't believe in those kinds of things, but we need people who are not afraid to be able to stand up, speak the truth and speak it not only in the privacy of their home, but speak it right across this country and to our brothers and sisters right across the nation. So we can have a groundswell of support and take our politicians to, uh, to task And and make sure that uh, that they stop hiding, and they stand, and they either stand for or against the dilemma that we're faced with here in Newfoundland right now. We are the laughing stock of the country, and that was never the intent. I didn't give up a lifetime of, uh, of of fighting for Aboriginal justice to spend my senior years watching the kind of discrimination and pony and dog show that we're seeing. Oh, I want important. those people to represent us. Mm-hmm. That's what they were elected for. Mm-hmm. And I want them to represent us, and I want them to correct the wrongs. And and whatever tools they need to use to do it, whether it be the courts or whether it be lobby or negotiation, but they need to step up. What's happening is a joke, and it needs to be corrected, and they are the elected people to do it. And if they can't do it, then we need to elect other people who will do it when the time comes.
0: Elder Calvin White... That's it for the show. Thanks to Allison Baker for assistance here in the studio. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mi'kmaq matters. Listen to Mi'kmaq matters on SoundCloud or iTunes. Tune in on Bay of Islands Radio Thursday at 6 p.m. And in Norris Point in Rocky Harbor, listen on The Voice of Bombay Tuesday at 2 p.m. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Until next time.